Hello everyone, welcome to a very special season of the Courageous Leaders Club. For this season, I have been persuaded by Anna, my fantastic business assistant, sounding board and force of nature, to put myself in the spotlight. Something that is completely out of my comfort zone and let her run the show. You're in for a treat. Thanks Joe, and hello everyone. I'm going to start by introducing you to those that have not yet had the pleasure of meeting you. So this is Joanna House, international award-winning leadership coach, business consultant, best-selling author, and CEO of The Change Creators, with 20 years of experience in the creative industry. For the past five seasons, I have listened to Joe interview some of the most brilliant industry leaders who shared their learnings and inspiring stories of what it takes to be a courageous leader. And Joe is one of them. So it's time to hear her insights, learnings, and top tips of what it takes to become a leader you know you can be. You'll hear from us in the upcoming six episodes released every week on Thursday as usual. So let's dive straight in, shall we? Welcome back, Joe. Nice to see you again. In the previous episode, we talked about how you built your business, what your challenges were, what your mindset was behind all of this. And now we sort of want to go into... You've worked 20 years in the creative industry and you are a leader. I'm a bit curious to find out what was that like for you? Tell me about your leadership. So becoming a leader was something I was very, very ambitious to do. But what was quite interesting is I don't think I had any idea what leadership was. I was just looking at these job titles. These job titles got better pay grains and it was fulfilling this ambition of you climb the ladder. I was always told you just climb the ladder. So that's what I focused on. So when I actually got to the position where I was in a leadership role and they went, and here is your team, I think my first team was something like eight people. And there was a bit of a holy shit moment because <laughs> it was like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm actually responsible for these people and their lives and what they do and how they grow. And it was, it was huge. It was huge weight of responsibility sat on my shoulders that to be honest, looking back now, I probably wasn't necessarily ready for or actually being trained at all to know what that would be like and what to do. So I started my own self-development and trying to figure it out and making some mistakes along the way. But it's the best thing ever for me was to become a leader because I naturally like to look after people. And but ultimately, if I look back over the 20 years, it was brilliant. You know, I loved being in the creative industry. You know, I love that I still work with people in the creative industry now. But being in it, especially back in the day, because <laughs> I'm really old now, it was a lot of fun. I don't think then there was the stress that's around at the moment. We did play a lot more. And we did work really, really hard as well, but there was more play. And, you know, being in that office environment with everyone, for me, it was almost my equivalent of being at university (laughs) because I didn't go. It was just like, wow. And leadership then, it was really good. And I had some fantastic leaders that I could model from. And I enjoyed it. That's brilliant. Just set aside a point on, you said it was a big learning for you coming in and finding out you've got a new team to deal with. Do you want to sort of elaborate, well, how does that translate into today's world? Is that a common issue still happening? What, people not ex- not realising the responsibility? Yeah. Oh, massively. We're, we're leaving it too late to train leaders. It's like you get a leadership job title and it's like, oh, right, they're, they're not doing as well as they were before the promotion. Like they got promoted because they were superstars, they were our rock stars. They get this promotion and everyone starts to question, oh, hang on a minute, something's not quite right. And a lot of the time, I'm not saying this is for everyone, there are some people that fly and they're good, but the training and the growth or the assumption that people just know how to be a leader, it's just taken for granted. And people don't know. Until you've got these just people looking at you, and especially now, the demands from people, the expectation of know me as an individual, 
understand all of my needs. Oh, and also I want you to meet all of my individual needs. Very different expectation that I even had as a leader and I felt a huge responsibility and that wasn't something that was expected of me. So leadership right now, people need to know how to lead and we're leaving it too late to train people in how to do it. Do you think it has something to do with the fact that now it's all people-focused within teams and in leadership? So leadership actually means you focus on your people more rather than hitting targets and stuff like that. I would love to truly believe that. And I know everything in the world now is saying is people first, but we can't get away from the fact that you do need to hit your targets. Yeah. If you're not hitting your targets, if you're not growing the business, then you actually won't have a team to manage because there's nothing to pay them to be there to do the business. So there is getting that fine line of, yes, look after your people. And if your people are being looked after, then your business should grow. It should grow anyway, because if your people feel cared for, your people will care for your business. But we do need to help leaders go, I need the skills to know how to reach my targets. I need negotiation skills, rapport building skills, sales skills. We still need those core leadership skills to be there. But on the other hand, that's this kind of new world we're in, is helping leaders understand their own internal world. Because all of those are kind of external skills that you know you can go and train. Your own internal world or your own beliefs, how do you feel about self, your own confidence? Because how you feel about self is going to be a direct reflection on how you and your team will perform. Your team are a reflection on you. So if you're not confident, you're not self-assured, that's going to come out in your team as well. So as a leader, you've got to first of all get to know yourself, your own self-awareness, what works, what doesn't work, where you need to develop Because once you've done that work yourself, you then know how to do it for your teams as well. So ultimately, you don't have to become experts, but leaders know how to coach, need to know how to coach, and they need to understand human behavior. So I think there's got to be some sort of psychology within any leadership training in terms of what the world needs now. You've mentioned the team Flex the Leader. I'm really curious to find out what was it like for you building a team, managing a team? What challenges have you come across and what have you learned from them within your business and oh, improve it? Okay, I've got two stories on that. One, building the business now, I could definitely see when I was stressed and overwhelmed, I was like, oh my word, look at my team. They're really stressed and overwhelmed. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, hang on a minute. I've got to take a step back here. And this is where the overachiever sort of comes in that we spoke about in the last episode is I need to calm down and I need to listen, really listen to my team and what they need and what they're telling me. Because actually I can't see myself and they are a direct reflection for me to know how I perform me. So that was really interesting. And I saw that even more having my own business being in a smaller team. And actually, to be honest, when I was a leader in the creative industry, I didn't have this awareness. So I wouldn't have seen it previously. I can see it now and it helps me to self-regulate all the time. Previously though, and pretty ashamed to say this, Part of, there was a part of my leadership which was very ego-driven. And in the creative industry, you pitch a lot. And I was a bit of a pitch queen. You used to jump on all the pitches. They were quite loads of adrenaline out the pitch and you get lots of validation and seen as the hero. It's wonderful, fantastic. Not really lose, but it's fantastic through the process. <laughs> but I remember there was this pitch and I did 72 hours straight without sleeping. I just was in the office doing it all. My ego was on fire. Being needed was on fire. And I remember going into the agency after a few hours sleep, going back in, as if I was wearing a badge of honour. Look at me. Look what I've been able to do. Look what I can handle. And look, I can come back into work today and just get back into the the day-to-day. And at that time, I'm so embarrassed that I was like trying to show that that was amazing. 
And now the awareness I've got, I look back and go, how awful and wrong that was to set that expectation or be a role model for my team to say, that's okay to do. Even to show that that's maybe what I expected from my team to do that. If anyone is doing this still now, please let it go because you're not doing yourself any favors and you're not doing your team any favors. It's try to not be driven through your ego because it can lead you down some very wrong paths that has an impact on others as well. Really interesting to hear. Have you got any examples that you can share with the, from your current team, managing your current team? What was a moment when you sort of had to self-regulate, when you had to just sort of sit back, mm-hmm. think about what your reaction is going to be? How are you going to move forward from that situation? What do you involve you in that? Oh, over there. I didn't know when I asked you There's one thing that really comes to my mind is we're actually all here and we're in my kitchen. And we're doing a team day and we always start our team days with feedback. You know, feedback's really, really important. Oh, I remember this. Yes, you got it. <laughs> and it was yours and Leanne's uh, with giving me feedback. And I was sitting there and you shared something that I could feel I initially didn't agree with or I had seen it in such a different way. And it was actually really surprising that that's how you felt. And I could feel, I had this like barometer now. And that's how mm-hmm. I discovered my barometer was this of defense rising and rising and rising and I was like okay remember all your learning remember all your training come on (laughs) and I managed to catch it about here and I was like breathe just breathe remember this is their experience it wasn't your experience this is theirs so listen understand it what can you learn from this let alone just learning to have some self-awareness and self-regulation here and I remember breathing it's actually the first time this has happened to me where I've caught it I think I've just probably carried on subconsciously before but I really caught it and I remember turning around to you both just saying I'm actually just going to share that was actually really difficult for me to hear I've just had quite an internal response to that <laughs> and I remember because I shared with you that that was quite difficult to hear but I heard you and then I was then able to respond well to you because I breathed to caught myself and said grow up self-regulated I remember you turning around and saying oh my god I have so much more respect for you we're just sharing with us. Oh, yeah. you just went through. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Just looking at you, it was your emotions show quite early. And I'm the kind of person who reads emotion very well. So I sort of saw that happening on you and you catching it and turning back around and sharing your vulnerability. Oh, my God, guys, that was really hard for me. From a team's perspective, mm-hmm. from an employer's perspective, that was very empowering mm-hmm. because I can do the same. You have given me the permission to say, that was hard for me to hear as well, or just giving such an open relationship, an open space, a safe space to share your experiences of what it's like to receive feedback mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily like or approve of. I remember it very well. <laughs> that was a really good self-regulation. Yeah. And I use that story now to help a lot of people with receiving feedback. So I've got this kind of theory at the moment that I get asked a lot to train people to have difficult conversations. I actually think the problem lies in we're not equipped to receive feedback. You know, we're biologically wired to run away from any negativity or anything we perceive as a threat. We either run away from it or we go into attack mode. Yeah. So actually, if we could overcome this fear or this worry of defense of receiving feedback, giving it to people, so much easier because there's not that fear of what that reaction is going to be. You said something about how you were seeing so my perspective on on the same situation was not the same as yours. Do you want to um, elaborate a little bit about that and help us understand what it means to see one situation from different perspectives and how does that translate into leadership as well? 
part is so important. Having a different perspective and not being like black and white and rigid in your thinking is the only way you're going to grow. So we call that you either fixed mindset or growth mindset, which, you know, the book by Carol Dweck, I highly recommend everyone to read. It's so powerful. But in terms of seeing perspective, so what I had to realize and where I realized it was your experience is how do I try and see the world through your eyes? Or how do I also try and emphasize? Like if I was in your situation now, but to have your boss kind of respond to you, how would that situation be? But also some of what I've learned with the self-awareness is an event can happen. And what we do is we have an emotional reaction to the event. So I definitely had an emotional reaction. But how I said regulated and to understand your perspective was to go, hang on, what am I making this mean? What am I making this mean? Okay, this. What are they making it mean? Let's go back to what they're giving me feedback from. I made it mean something totally different to what you made it mean. So there's no right or wrong. We just created completely different meanings from one situation. So the only way we're going to solve this is to understand that, unpack it, hear each other's views, and to learn from it. But we are meaning-making machines. So to recognize, we all make something mean something different to other, And that's what causes a lot of conflict, is it just means something different to somebody else. So having that perspective to go, I'm willing to think about how the other person arrived at their meaning is going to help me grow as a leader. That is amazing. And it's so powerful um, to think that anybody in it, any leader, any business, any team can actually just create a safe space to communicate, to be open, to share and receive feedback is it's amazing. And that's, I think that's where one of the main points where growth really starts to happen. And creating that safe space, it's like going to the gym. You know, it takes you ages and ages and ages to kind of build the muscle and stuff like that, but you can lose it really quickly if you don't go to the gym. It's the same with creating this safe space. You know, have the patience to create the space, to build the trust. But once you've got it, you've got to look after it because it can be gone like this. One little microaggression. I spoke to a leader yesterday where their, their boss did one little thing. It's completely, it's not a big thing. It's actually something quite small. It has damaged the trust. And they actually don't even probably want to give that person feedback now on what happened. So it is something that once you've created this safe space, please nurture it, look after it, because it can go very quickly. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of those learnings. Is there anything else that you might want to add to it just to wrap everything up? Or I would just say in terms of, you know, we talked about self-regulation, not here, self-reflection. Really, that is the sense of what self-leadership is. And there's three areas of self-leadership is self-awareness, self-reflection, self-regulation. And if you can really focus on those three things, you can build your self-leadership up. Then you are actually equipped to lead other people. So taking that time to focus on self is empowering to then use to be able to help and reach more people in their growth. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. A huge thank you to you for listening to the Courageous Leaders Club I'd love to know if anything from today's conversation resonated with you and what your key takeaway is. Will you do anything differently? Have you learned something you'll take forward in your own leadership? Do take a moment to connect with us on LinkedIn where you can share your thoughts. You can connect personally with me at my email, joanna.hounds at thechangecreators.com. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. This will really help us grow our podcast and reach and help as many people as possible. If you can think of someone who will benefit from listening to this podcast, please do share it with them. Finally, for those of you who are seeking to take action today, you can book a free strategy call with me and together we can produce an action plan to implement into your leadership and business. You can head to the link in the show notes to book now. 
Thank you so much again for listening. And I'll meet again on the next episode of the Courageous Leaders Club.